to give, uh, I don't know, I think it's like give me bona fides, you know, you got to throw flowers at myself, with the idea of buying the Rickenbacker Causeway. A lot of people thought I was ludicrous when I posted it a couple of days ago. They uh, keep his scan independent. Uh, Tony Winton, who has a show here on Blink Radio on Fridays, first mentioned it uh, about something political going on where a motion was being served for a competing bid because apparently secret deal was occurring with uh, architect, uh, I won't even pronounce his name, Brechovic, something like that. Biskovic. Uh, so the only chance I had to to understand this further was to invite my friend Fausto Gomez to come to the show today. How are you, Fausto? Fine, Manny. Thanks for the invitation. Pleasure to be here. Yes. And only you know about these things. Uh, Fausto, no, no, for no. years, was uh, a government lobbyist, sold his firm in Tallahassee. I believe it was like 30 years, 20 years. Thir- 38 years. 38 years, man. Man, that's a lot of patience, especially when <laughs> you have to deal with the competing parties. And so, and Fausto's also a local resident. He lives in uh, in the shining city on the hill across Crandon called Ocean Club. And I'm so happy to have you here because no one's going to believe a word I say about buying the Rickenbacker. Most people tell me I'm full of sh- sh- I got a drop button to say those S words, but I won't. Uh, so I'm going to let you take over. Every once in a while, I'm going to think of an idea that I think the audience is thinking about and maybe ask you for it. But I see a lot of documents in front of you there, so you came well prepared to tell us, can we actually own the Rickenbacker Causeway? Well, first of all, Manny, again, thanks for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here on Blink Radio in Key Biscayne, my hometown. And it's a particular pleasure because all I did was walk across Crandon and walk, to, walk straight over. So you want to talk about Rickenbacker. I saw your piece. I also saw Tony Winton's piece. And this is something that has been of great interest to me for quite a while. Uh, yeah, it's on your, it's in your, in your what they call the, your, your, your roundhouse, your swing house, your wheelhouse, your wheelhouse, wheelhouse. wheelhouse. So let, let's let's. Why don't we provide a little bit of context of what we're talking about, a little bit of the history, things that have been going on up to now, and then we can talk about the current situation. Okay. I uh, number one is. Foremost in the audience's mind here on 94.5 FM. If you're listening, you can listen to us on live stream worldwide, wsqfradio.com. If you actually want to call and interrupt us because you think uh, you got something viable to say, 305-365, better than a taxi, 7777. And we're going to let Fossil do most of the talking today because it's it's complicated, yet it's not complicated. And people like you understand it clearly. So go ahead. Well. First of all, me doing most of the talking, knowing that you're here, is probably an impossibility. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna work, I'm gonna work it, I'm gonna work it, I'm gonna try. Right, so, let, let's let's begin from the beginning, as they say. The Rickenbacker Causeway um, has been a burden on the budget of Miami-Dade County for innumerable years. So, when Carlos Alvarez was the mayor of Miami-Dade County. He offered to sell the Rickenbacker Causeway to the Miami-Dade Expressway Authority. And if I recall correctly, the number was $100 million at that time. The executive director of MDX, as it's called, the Miami-Dade Expressway Authority, is a Key Biscayne resident, Servando Parapar, who is an expert on transportation matters. And um, Servando recently had surgery. I wish him the best. I wish him speedy recovery. I invited him to join us here today to discuss a little bit more um, in detail uh, Rickenbacker and transportation policy. So when he, when Mayor Albers offered that to MDX, offered the Rickenbacker to MDX, it was with a couple of conditions. First of all is that MDX at that time would have to take care of the beaches across from uh, Mast Academy, those beaches that are on the side. That were eventually being were improved by the city of Miami under Mayor uh, Mayor uh, Manny Diaz. All right. So, so MDX would have to take care of that. MDX did not is a transportation agency. They did not believe they had the expertise to take care of the be- beaches. And in addition to that, he offered it to MDX for the simple reason that the governing charter of MDX, created by Miami Dade County, basically says. That, my, that MDX will take over the Rickenbacker and the Venetian Causeway. 
Oh my God! So that is the. Operate. And when was that charter? Uh, long that ago. That was when um, MDX was created by Art Teal when he was on the county. Famous Art Teal. Maurice. Rest Fer- in peace. Maurice Ferre. Maurice Ferre. And uh, oh, by the way, let me interrupt you for a moment. Of course, I had to say something. Alfasto's in his in his youth uh, worked in the Maurice Ferre uh, not only campaign but in the office, and uh, you were basically. The go-to guy when Maurice Ferre basically ran supreme here in, in, as mayor. Yeah, th- thanks. I, I spent seven years with, with Mayor Ferre. I started as his intern when I was 18 years old, and I left when I was 25 as his chief of staff at City Hall. Yeah, so, so man, you've seen, you, you've seen everything. And during Miami's toughest moments, it's, toughest growing, period. Yeah, it's growing pains. Yeah. Absolutely. And then the third person who formed MDX at that time was Miguel Diaz-La Portilla. Who How had, about that? So three of them formed MDX, created the charter, and that charter says, again, that MDX will take over the Rickenbacker and the Benetian. Based on that, Mayor Alvarez, who wanted to get rid of the burden of the Rickenbacker in particular, offered it to MDX for $100 million years ago. He also wanted MDX to take over the Benetian Causeway, which has always been a money loser. Yes, it's a very old, dilapidated kind of place. As a matter of fact, we can talk a little bit about Benetian. You know, the Benetian, you have parts in the city of Miami, parts in the city of Miami Beach. So, Oh, so a conflict between municipalities. Well, so when I lobbied, again, I represented innumerable entities. I usually had around over 30 entities that I represented at every legislative session. Miami Beach, I represented for close to 30 years. Okay, In, in addition to that, we were able to secure the money to fix all the small bridges on the Miami Beach side from the Florida Department of Transportation. Well, that's a coup. The Florida Department of Transportation also put the money to fix the large bridge across from the old Miami Herald, you know, through the bay. But that bridge is historically designated. And so there was an outcry that folks wanted to maintain the integrity of the bridge with a historical designation. So the bridge was only fixed rather than replaced. There and it's was- ugly as sin to begin with. <laughs> so it's historical in, in its existence, but not in its structure. My God, it's not beautiful so, or anything. So the bridge is in, in very, very bad state currently and needs to be redone as well. But that that's as an aside. So Mayor Alvarez essentially offered the Rickenbacker and Venetian MDX said no. Subsequent to Mayor Alvarez, then Mayor Jimenez tried to do a P3, a public-private partnership. And that public-private partnership were, was with Munilla Brothers Construction and Fig Engineering. Fig Engineering is a Tallahassee firm, specializes on bridges, and they basically work a lot for the Florida Department of Transportation. Now, the audience is probably saying, maybe, maybe not, but I'm going to just throw in my bona fides. Uh, the Munilla Brothers were the, the party involved in the collapse of the overpass at FIU. Both Fig and Munilla were involved in that tragedy. Yes, yes very tragic, and we know what we're suffering that tragedy today, and 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 structures coming down. As uh, our my personal friend uh, Ricky uh, Rovirosa has passed away right. in, in Surfside. So our hearts and our prayers out to those folks because they just came up. But uh, yeah, continue. So so Mayor Jimenez essentially was doing a P three public private partnership with those two entities to take over the Rickenbacker Causeway. There was actually an article. I know that Mayor Jimenez spoke to our mayor, Myra Pena Lindsay, about it, uh, which was the first, one of the first times that sort of Key Biscayne residents knew about the issue. At that period of time, the proposed toll, the proposed toll was both in and out. And if I recall correctly, it was $5 in and $5 out. And if That's re- recent, though. That, that was during Mayor Jimenez's term. And if I recall correctly... Mayor Jimenez did not have the C-Pass for Key Biscayne residents, nor did he have a C-Pass for workers on Key Biscayne. And to this day, they make it very difficult for my employees to get a pass. Right. So I understand, and you may want to call Mayor Peña Lindsay, and she can probably give you more details about it. I understand that Mayor Jimenez offered to give a C-Pass to the residents of Key Biscayne for a significant sum of a contribution, a financial contribution from Key Biscayne to the project. Mm-mm. Okay, I understand. I um, I have no knowledge of it c- becoming a 
a concept nor an endeavor nor a, an item on the agenda. If anybody uh, knows that his, this has come up before the village and I'm not aware, please let us well, know. It never came up before the village for a couple of reasons. First reason is the Miami Herald got wind of the plans, the Jimenez plan to do a P3 public-private partnership for the Rickenbacker. And Doug Hanks of the Miami Herald wrote a very large article on a Sunday edition above the fold okay, <laughs> talking about the toll increases and talking about this deal, if you want to call it that, between Mayor Jimenez and Munia Brothers and Fig uh, being sort of um, being um, developed uh, in secret. Uh, and so therefore, at that period, same period of time that that came out, was the controversy in Tallahassee about toll rates on the expressways. Mm, terrible timing. Perfect right. storm is formed. Right. And so therefore, there was significant pushback from Tallahassee officials I frankly, from Key Biscayne individuals, who, because of the amount of money, and frankly, we were not consulted as as a community, and then never are. And then, unfortunately, the tragedy of the FIU bridge happened, and now, but basically, that partnership between the Mania and Fig evaporated, and the project subsequently died. So now, we're today. So, the county commission agenda last Thursday popped up an issue, which is doing, again, a P3 for the Rickenbacker Causeway, a public-private partnership for Rickenbacker. And this one is the Z-Plan, the famous or infamous Z-Plan, Bernard Siskovich. And let me just um, basically state I am a friend of Bernard Siskovich. He's been a player in Miami politics for quite some time now. Yeah. I like him personally. And I represented his firm for six to eight months on a project, not the Z plan. Right. So I just want to put that out there. Yes. Straight out, full disclosure. Which means you have plenty of knowledge, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Actually, we did never discuss the Z plan. Bernard indicated to me, you're a resident of Key Biscayne. I don't know where, where your um, sentiments are. <laughs> sentiments are with regards to the Z plan and with regard to the P3. So I will not discuss the Z plan with you. What we discussed was the project that I was working with him and his firm on. Okay, but bingo. End full, of story. Full disclosure. End of story. So suddenly, uh, this pops up in the county commission agenda to do a public-private partnership for the Rickenbacker, and the partners, the public partners that have been stated in the memorandum from the county obviously Bernard's firm, which is Cisco Architects, Jack Cardis, who is the former parks director for Miami-Dade County, longtime parks director, now retired. And the money is uh, Partners Group are the Equity Partners, which is a Swiss firm that, to the best of my knowledge, has not done transportation projects in the United States. Uh-oh, first red flag, Miami politics. Here and we to the best... Very serious group. I imagine so. They got, they got but, bank. But I, th- but I believe that they have done projects outside of, of the country primarily, and I do not believe they've done transportation projects here. So we're now faced as a community with having to deal with a very serious, what I consider an existential threat to keep us gain. Okay? I agree. Okay. And the existential threat is we don't know what the Z plan entails. Because under state law and under the county's code, when you submit an unsolicited proposal, it remains under wraps for a total of 180 days. So nobody has an opportunity to see what the, Z, what the latest iteration of the Z plan is. And again, I don't want to focus on the Z plan. That's really not the issue. It's the, not. the issue is, is how are we as a community going to respond to a P3 being done in the Rickenbacker? Right. And so far, Mayor Davey, our mayor here in Key Biscayne, just is limiting his scope to sitting at the table when, in fact. So let let me just say this. When uh, Mike Davey was elected mayor, um, I had lunch with him as well as Servando Parapar at the Yacht Club. And this is what now four years ago, more or less, three to four years ago. Mm -hmm. And and the issue on the agenda at that moment was Rickenbacker Causeway. And I will give this credit to Mayor Davey. Mayor Davey brought the issue to the council. 
and he requested some funds, some relatively minor funds, to investigate what Key Biscayne could do to become a player on the Rickenbacker Causeway. And if I recall correctly, the council rejected his request for funds. Kind of like the, 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 the condo board at Surfside. Okay. All right. And I sent, him a, I sent an email today to Jocelyn Koch, the, um, the, the clerk, uh, the clerk uh, because I was trying to find the meeting that that happened and the results and asking her to please help me locate that because it's a public document and I think it's important for this discussion. So again, the question is, what do we do as a community to respond to what I believe is an existential threat? Yes, I mean, uh, for the audience, uh, who also in Miami, who's not a Cuba Skinner, they are probably asking, what threats are you talking about? Uh, what do you find to be so negative in terms of our quality of life here on the Key? So I, I, I want to ask you that. I, the, the one that, that I face the most, that I believe is the harshest, is lowering the speed limit on the causeway if someone else is boss, especially if someone else has to also adhere to a, uh, some kind of document, private partnership. Is that the case? Is that what you call a threat, or do you feel that there's more than one issue? No, I, I think there's a lot more issues. Let, let, let's get into the details, and, and I'm sorry to your audience for me getting into some of the details, but I think No, I want them to But I think those understand. details are important to understand what I say, that it's a threat. Number one, according to Miami-Dade County, which owns the Rickenbacker Causeway, an average of 41,000 vehicles per day go through the toll. Mm. 41,000 vehicles per day. That makes us one of the busiest roads in Miami-Dade County. Okay? And if you look at the numbers, 2020 numbers, which is the Rickenbacker Causeway's financial, the gross of Rickenbacker Causeway is a little bit over $11 million a year. Okay? $11 million a year. Okay, and that's at the two fifty uh, rate that we we're presently paying. Well, I don't know. Well, yeah, that's true because people might be pay more than we do as residents. Right. <clears throat> so I don't know. You can bond out, usually for transportation projects, ten to one. So you can take eleven million dollars, bond it out ten to one. That's two hundred eleven million dollars. So that you can bond out on an annual basis. However, the, that is not enough money to replace the Bearcut Bridge to fix the Powell Bridge. It needs fixing. I've seen the underbelly. It's pretty amazing. To share money with the Venetian Causeway and to do the other items that were in the initial iterations of the Z plan, which is basically moving the road, elevating the road, making sustainable, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That takes hundreds of millions of dollars. And you believe the Swiss company is willing to uh, fund it? At some kind of interest rate or something? We don't know because the, yeah, de it's the, sealed. De the details <laughs> are private. Okay? So what I do know is knowing the numbers that I have in front of me from Miami-Dade County, okay, knowing essentially what the costs are if you look at the websites on bridge replacement, et cetera, et cetera, which specifically talks about the Powell Bridge, the East Bridge, and the Bearcut Bridge. There has to be another source of money. Okay? So you're either going to raise the tolls to nosebleed section, number one. Number two, you're either going to have commercial development along the Rickenbacker. Oh, and City of Miami sitting there chopping at the bit. <laughs> and, and the sort of the concessionaires is going to take piece of that private development because that's the road is the is the element, is the crucial element from all the way to the state park, okay? Or you're going to have the county contribute significant public dollars to the project. Now, what is, how does that affect us? Well, let me ask a couple of questions to you and to the audience out here. Do we know specifically what the toll rate is going to be with this concessionaire or any concessionaire? We don't. Do we know what is the scope of the concession? We don't. Is the concessionaire going to include Crandon? And are we willing as a community to have our main road be operated by a private concessionaire? Wow. When you say concessionaire, what roles do the concessionaire play? Do they actually police us or 
Is it just they, uh, they design, build, operate, and maintain? So there would be their landscaper. There goes our landscaper, which is savings, but uh, they could change all the trees. They can they could do everything. Design, build, operate, and maintain. Because when I first came to Key Biscayne, ironically, it was a green a green sidewalks, green curb cut. Today we are <laughs> kind of red. But just to give the audience a visual, think about it. Well, you know, 30 years ago it was all green. Now we're all red. I mean, there's significant changes to your community on a on a on a drop of a hat. Now the other thing is, I would assume the concessionaire obviously is getting involved because the concessionaire looks for a profit opportunity. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so therefore, we're going to have to increase the level of traffic on the Rickenbacker in order to raise revenue coming in. So there has to be a draw, you're saying. That could be disastrous for us. Lots of concerts. Oh, my God. Oh, and I bet and that gets us really nervous because we know what's happened already in terms of concerts. But, man, Virginia Key is underutilized as a beach. Right. So those, uh, when I say an existential threat, those are sort of things that I'm talking about. We don't know the toll rates. We don't know if we're going to have a Z plan for the residents. We don't know if we're going to have a C plan for the employees of Key Biscayne. We don't know what promotions either in order to increase traffic volume on that road. Okay? That's re- very scary. We don't know if there's going to be commercial development uh, next to Rickenbacker in order to draw additional dollars and, frankly, in order to draw additional traffic. Okay? Could you? Can you... Go so far as to uh, create a possible outlandish scenario where Virginia Keys actually developed? City of Miami, if you recall. I mean, developed, uh, excuse me, I should go further. Developed as a residential community out there? If you recall, during Manny Diaz, Mayor Diaz. He had a beautiful plan that went, that went burned in hell. Right. He was proposing to build townhouses and hotels. And an Olympic Village for, I think, Little League World Series and Junior Athletics. That, that I don't recall, but I do recall a hotel and townhouses there. Hello, folks. Did you hear that? That's the whole reason for the radio's existence, for you to understand what is upon us. And not paying attention doesn't help you or I. Pay attention because these things are happening. And when governments are in debt, they do throw stuff like this to make ends meet. Uh, so the, the other question is, Let's take a look at the Port of Miami Tunnel, which I think is, is a good exercise. French company came in and dug the hole. No U.S. company. Right. So that that's not that important. So Miami-Dade County, which owns the Port of Miami Tunnel, mm-hmm. issued tax-accept bonds at a level of $350 million, <sighs> gave that check to the Florida Department of Transportation so they could issue tax-exempt bonds. And that was Miami-Dade County's contribution to the Port of Miami Tunnel. The rest of the money came from federal and state sources. And the project was managed by FDOT, not by Miami-Dade County. Hmm. Okay. Similarly to I-595 in Broward County. Now, I see a role for the Florida Department of Transportation on the Rickenbacker. I don't know if the Florida Trans- Department of Transportation has been involved, has been— It's in that sealed bid. We don't know. We wow. don't know. You just don't know? We, we, don't, we don't know. What I do know is that we have a state park at the terminus of Rickenbacker and Crandon. Okay? And it is the responsibility of the state to maintain access to that state park. Okay? And you have seen the Florida Department of Transportation and the Florida Department of Environmental Regulation both assure access to the state park and make and when proposals have been floated around in the past, including by Xavier Suarez when he wanted to lower the speed limit, if you recall, and uh, when he was a county commissioner. That's the stuff that just unnerves me like yeah. no tomorrow. And he had a proposal to cut the lanes, I think, from three to two. and then Yeah, the he speed. gave a whole lane for bikes. Right. When you had that discussion, the FDOT got, became involved. The secretary at that time was Anath Prasad. Okay? And Anath basically said at that moment, that the Rickenbacker was a road, not a recreational facility, and what he need and his role was mobility, connectivity, and access. Especially during emergencies. Right. 
And we have the state park back here, which is the third most visited park in the state of Florida. Right. Which is a huge asset to the state. Absolutely. And that huge asset to the state has brought us money to Key Biscayne, as a matter of fact. When I was lobbying, I represented Key Biscayne as well for a significant period of time until I sold my firm. And we did an amendment that said we found a statute that a any local road, which was the only way in and out of a state prison, could employ state dollars to maintain that local road. So it was ingenious on your part to associate that ex- uh, exclusive access to and basically what uh, applies in Key game because right. thank God we don't have a bridge leaving the state park to the Keys. It's right. uh, yeah. there. So what I did is I simply put an amendment which said state prisons, and I said, and state parks. Okay. And that You amend- saved us. <laughs> no. And that amendment essentially has done a couple of things. First of all, is allowed the state to fund the smart traffic lights in Harbor. Hopefully, they'll start operating soon. Okay. No, but no one, no one says they work. Okay. Allowed the state to fund the the green bicycle lane and. And, you know, that's that's the debate at the council level. But Well, the bicycle lane has to have improved. I don't think anybody's died since the green right. was put down. So allowed the state to fund that, okay, and gave money, allowed the state to give significant dollars, which we helped bring down from Tallahassee, for the reconstruction of Crandon Boulevard. And that's a number of years ago. And Crandon Boulevard needs to be enhanced again, and the state is there with dollars that can be offered because the state, we can tap into the state transportation trust fund as a local community. Because of that amendment. Because of that amendment. That's be- beautiful because stuff. Because the state cannot fund local roads. Okay. So, so yeah, you made it a state road, basically. So, essentially. <clears throat> it was, but you formalized it. Right. That state park at the end is very helpful to the village of Kibis. Absolutely. So here, so here's the position that we are right now. We can either have a seat at the table or we can own the table. Yes, very well said. Now, having a seat at the table, I've been in Key Biscayne long enough. You know, I purchased property here in 2001. Okay? That I have seen us request a seat at the table. I have seen us cooperatively work with other governmental entities. And usually, Kibis gain is an afterthought for the other governmental entity. Yeah, we're like a burp. We, you know, we're like the guy at the table who didn't take a bath. They don't pay attention to us. Which, I noticed that when when they were uh, renovating the Powell Bridge, uh, you know, we made a concerted effort to let them know that we should make a new bridge, and that, they could care less. They just added to it. <laughs> no, that that was the um, big big whale in the room. Yeah, that was not the Powell Bridge. That was the uh, Bearcut Bridge. Bearcut Bridge. Sorry. <clears throat> yeah, Powell's the giant one. Right, Powell's the giant one. So we have an opportunity now because the county obviously wants to excise from its budget the responsibilities for Rickenbacker and Venetian. Let's leave Venetian aside. We should not focus on Venetian. We should focus on the Rickenbacker. Mm-hmm. Okay? And they want to excise that for a couple of reasons. First of all is they need to replace the Bearcut Bridge. They need to repair the Powell Bridge. We need to basically put sustainability to the roads, probably elevate the Rickenbacker Causeway because of sea level rise and do a couple of things. And you were talking about significant, significant dollars for that well, purpose. Well, not only we can't leave Key Biscayne out, how about access for us to get into this island, irrespective of what they do downstairs, you know? I call it downstairs because I know that the county and the city will continue doing marathons and, and uh, bicycle competitions and, God forbid— more of these concerts and stuff like that, shouldn't, we, would you be in agreement that Key Biscayne needs an exclusive entryway, no matter how much it costs, just because the future of Key Biscayne demands it? That's I, kind of bold. I'm, I, I really not. Let's see. Let me, let me see how I can put it delicately, which is strange for me because I'm usually fairly blunt. Yes. But, but um, I'm probably not qualified to opine on that engineering whether the engineering is feasible or not. I know that some folks want an overpass to Key Biscayne. I would love it. As a resident of Key Biscayne, I would love an overpass, but I just don't know if it's feasible or not. And I think that's 
that's a discussion for, for other folks to have. Well, is it safe to say that without a private-public partnership, there is no chance whatsoever? I wouldn't say that. I think the county has significant dollars today, uh, federal dollars, and we're gonna, and the county's going to get some um, federal infrastructure dollars that if they prioritize the Rickenbacker as something that they want to do, they could probably do it themselves. And they have a major park there, so they yeah. have motivation. Right. So let's take a look at the... Um, Let's take a look at the Powell Bridge, I believe. So the Powell Bridge was built in 1985. There, let me let me let me get the right number. It was built in 1985, and the Powell Bridge was last inspected in June of 2018. And any of the anybody can go to bridgereports.com. Repeat, it's, it's radio. Bridgereports.com. And look at and look at the facts. It's every single bridge in the United States. Needs is, repair. <laughs> is there. And we'll show you the condition of the bridge, and et cetera, et cetera. So the Powell Bridge, which is the, the, the tall bridge built in 1985. So bridgereports.com says that the condition of the bridge is fair. So you have good, fair, and poor. And they say the bridge foundations are determined to be unstable. What? Something that young? Oh, my God. That's well, not a – the audience doesn't want to hear that. <laughs> How can something – it's only 20-something years old. That's, no, it's close to 40, 40 years old. 40 years old. That's right, because you said 85, and we're already in 2000-something. What are we again? 2000, 2001. Yeah. My God, it's, it's fair? Unstable? Those big, massive columns. And we're, remember, folks, you know, it's a huge bridge we're talking here. And it's fair. We're talking essentially close to, according to the Florida Department of Transportation, a little bit over $200 million to repair it. Holy moly. And I'm, wor- and I'm concerned about a, uh, being able to afford a lane to get in here. <laughs> okay. So that's in bridgereports.com. So let's take a look now. At the, I don't think the the average audience gets it, folks. You know we got to pay attention. These things are happening right before us, and if we don't have a fossil Gomez out there looking at the particulars, we are really screwed. All we care about is oh two fifty five dollars for the toll too expensive, and look look all the other stuff that's underlying the quality of our life out here. So let's take a look at the um, Bearcut Bridge. Bearcut Bridge was built in nineteen. 19- 44. Um, and as we recall, uh, the county spent $35 million on the Bearcud Bridge. For a Band-Aid. For a Band-Aid. And bridgereports.com says the latest inspection was in 2017 of the Bearcud Bridge. They also classify it as fair. And it says, r- recommended work. Quote, and I'm going to quote, replacement of bridge or other structures because of substantial load-carrying capacity or substantial bridge roadway geometry. In other words, we need a new bridge. The underbelly, I saw the uh, image, The uh, I think it was like an MRI image of the structure. I was shown to me by uh, Gene Stearns at his home on audiovisual. Uh, cars... If cars were ever there on a 5 o'clock jam or because of a car accident, there was a lot of cars on that bridge all together on both sides, that way could bring the bridge down. It was that horrendous under there. Well, and to think that the government knew that and just expanded it to the north by making it that portion new, and it was supposed to sustain the old part, is kind of human Irresponsibility. Well, what 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 Miami Dade County did is they did not address the substructure. They they. Had, oh my God. Okay. And and let me sort of congratulate Gene Stearns for his letter on the Islander about his, expressing his concerns as well. Yes, about, he did. About um, the uh, P three, the potential P three for uh, for the Rickenbacker, as well as other individuals who have come to me because they they know I know this issue and have expressed those concerns. So, I've spoken to. Officials in the village, and I've spoken to officials in the county. One of the good things about being a lobbyist for 38 years is you develop a lot of contacts. Absolutely. Both 
in the in your community where you live and throughout the state of Florida. A tremendous Rolodex. A tremendous Rolodex. Um, so here's what I've been told. Uh, I have been told that Key Biscayne cannot sort of be the table because we don't have the capacity to design, build, operate, and maintain the Rickenbacker. And you know something? They're absolutely correct. But what they fail to mention is that Miami-Dade County does not have the capacity either yeah. to design, build, operate, and maintain that roadway. Not to the scale. Okay. So Miami-Dade County is using half a million dollars that the group that wants to privatize the Rickenbacker is using half a million dollars to buy talent, okay, to assess the viability of the project, okay, and that money is being placed and being put up by the unsolicited proposer. Mm. So they are buying talent. Just like we would if we had to do it. Absolutely. Okay. So what does Miami-Dade County care about? Miami-Dade County cares about, number one, obviously having a safe road. They also care about the dollars that this will generate for Miami-Dade County. But equally importantly, and this is another major concern, if you look at the public partners currently in the unsolicited proposal, you have Bernard Siskovich, who's a designer, you have the partners group, which is equity, and you have Jack Kurdike, who is a park guy. And if you saw the county commission deliberation on this item, who was heading the county's team was the parks director at the county. <laughs> there was no discussion about transportation. There was no discussion about having the transit director there or public works there. Okay? The focus on this project, and I'll tell you something, I b believe this project, for what I have seen, is a beautiful project. I just don't know the details. Nobody knows the details, and that's well, what You're pretty confident we're being left out again. We're being left out completely. Us okay? being Keep Us Cane. Keep Us Cane. And so, therefore, it is viewed as a recreational bicyclist project, not, not as a transportation and mobility project. Yes, which and, is devastating for us. And for the 13,000 residents of Key Biscayne. Who pay a chunk of taxes to this county. Okay. Rick and Becker Causeway is our driveway. It is the driveway to our homes. Now, Absolutely. we want recreation. We want be able to for the pedestrians to be safe. We want for the bicyclists to be safe. We love the the notion of a linear park. That that will enhance our drive and hopefully enhance our the value of our homes. But more importantly, the existential threat is we need to get home. We need to get into a car and get home or we need to get into our car and leave our home to go to work or go to recreate or go to a theater or go emergency to emergency heart attack. We need to be able to get to a hospital. We need our ambulances need to get in and out of here. We need uh my God, we can't be in lockdown mode because they threw a concert on the causeway because there's a, a, a peace day rally. I mean, uh yeah, these are lots of threats. So these are sort of things that I would like to explore. Can we as a government do an interlocal agreement with Miami Dade County? that Miami-Dade County says, you, Key Biscayne, are now going to design, build, operate, and maintain the Rickenbacker Causeway. I would love to to commit and, myself to something like that. And do we, as a government, then issue a public-private partnership, take bids, or do federal and state dollars, but essentially we, as our government, establish the parameters of how the Rickenbacker Causeway is going to be used and it's going to be developed and it's going to be maintained. Yeah, it'd probably, the, it'd probably be the biggest bite we've ever taken as a village. But quite frankly, it is very well worth it no matter how much we're learning throughout the process. It'd be so exciting. It'd probably be the most exciting thing that's ever happened since our incorporation. Right. And, and people should see it as such. And I'll tell you something. With 41,000 vehicles a day, that is not only Keepus Cane residents that use that causeway. Absolutely. Okay. Basically, when you're talking about the State Park, Lighthouse, Crandon, the golf course, the marinas, 
you know, our little island, and I'm talking about generally, okay, not only Key Biscayne, but our little island, is a focus of recreation in Miami-Dade County. I would say the number one right. focus. So the, the people from Little Havana and Liberty City and West Miami and Flagami and Coconut Grove and Brickell and Coral Gables come here. Absolutely. They come to our beaches. Some, frankly, have the resources. Another have scant resources. Yes. But the so good- it appeals to the entire social economic spectrum of residents. Right. And one of the things that I saw at the county commission, again, was that trope about, oh, Key Biscayne is rich folks. Key Biscayne essentially, you know, we can do this. And, yeah, they're going to protest, but but they're spoiled rich folks. Oh, that's always been the case. And that's that's a trope that, that I have. Plus, so, they're also very annoyed that we incorporated and set a, a wave of incorporations their way over the next decade since 91. So here's the bottom line. Which means nothing. <laughs> it only means that we love our, our city and we love our county and we made it better. So here's the bottom line for our community. Are we going to sit back? Are we going to let this thing happen to us? Or are we basically going to try to take the lead? And based on what you just said... That toll could be 10 bucks, 15 bucks, because we're rich kids after all. You know, they could just stick it to us. Well, think about that, folks. If you don't, if you don't show up and, and demand and really desire and show you can on this table, guess what? We're rich folks to them. They'll just stick us with a $10 toll. <laughs> so I think this, is, this requires, uh, my suggestion, would be a special council meeting to discuss the implications of the privatization of Rickenbacker to Key Biscayne and its residents. Okay. I think uh, we should explore legally the mechanisms for an interlocal agreement. I believe that we should, as a community, demand more than we have demanded in the past. Okay. So you're basically saying the ILA would be just an operating agreement, not necessarily ownership of the causeway itself. No. You basically, under the P3, you do, you basically, the, the public continues to own the basic roadway. You basically are, are designing, building, operating, and maintaining it for a period of time. If I recall correctly. You have to hand off the asset after you, yes. you in other words, you can't make any money. Well, you, you, you just make break even. No, no, you make money. So if I recall correctly, if I recall correctly, and, and I may, you know, I'm, I'm bound to be corrected if anybody wants to correct me. If I recall correctly, the state of Florida basically put a timeline for P3s of 40 years, either 40 or 60 years. And if I recall correctly, the state of Florida was looking to privatize Alligator Alley. And there was some back and forth, and somebody put this language in legislation about maximum 40 or 60 years, and that essentially killed that project. So it would do the same here. It would do the same here. So the bottom line is this. You have, we don't know what the toll rates are going to be. We don't. We don't know what utilization is going to be. We don't know how much we as a community need to contribute from the Rickenbacker to the Benetian. Okay. We don't know what the terms of the concession are going to be. We don't know if Crandon is included or not included. It makes it makes sense that it would be considering the parks gentleman is one of the initiators of the of the bidders oh, right. is a bidder <laughs> is a bidder. We don't know if commercial development is contemplated along the Rickenbacker, which I know has been an issue for Key Biscayne forever, forever because of traffic. Absolutely. So well, we, we've we've I can admit on this show because I feel like it, but. We've ruined the Seaquarium. We haven't allowed them to modernize. We haven't allowed them to do anything. All we do is sue them. <laughs> and uh, it used to be the gem of Dade County, people coming from all over the world to come see the Flipper and the Orca. And and and, and it's just been a nightmare ever since. We're And we're guilty of that, folks. I mean, Seaquarium is it, uh, it's a terrible place. It's got nothing going on because of us. So you can imagine... If we don't do anything now to buy this table, uh, you can guarantee that what Fausto is saying will probably be zeroed in on the Seaquarium and turn it into a massive park that generates income for the private-public partnership. So we don't know, we don't know, we don't know. And the question for all of us, all 13,000 residents of Key Biscayne, is are we comfortable not knowing? Are we comfortable having our driveway 
basically be managed by somebody else? Are we comfortable having access to our homes be determined not by us, but by an entity who will seek profit from the Rickenbacker? And if they're wrong, they could destroy our values. Yes. If they do it poorly, and it makes it unbearable to live out here. Yes. Now our secluded uh, feeling that 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 personality community thing that I believe only Keepers Can really can understand our seclusion, but at the same time our proximity from downtown could be completely ruined if these people don't get this right. right. We so, could find fender benders every day at five o'clock. So <laughs> th- th- those are the issues, and those are important issues. Those are what I I would say they are existential issues to this community. Threats. Threats. I would say that they're just like we have the $100 million bond issue to focus on environmental threats, okay, and focus on undergrounding and things of that nature. This also is a threat to our property values and to our lives. Well, if we were to get involved at the, at the level that we've discussed thus far, do you think it would deter us from also pursuing the other issues? Because that's where the opposition would come from. Because they're very zero, uh, close-minded, they don't see beyond the fire station, Dade County Fire Station. The Cuban scanners don't, especially the new ones. They think it's here. I know that because I have a business here, so I know what it's like not going to Miami for months at a time, literally, unless someone draws me into Miami. I literally cannot. I can be here 30 days. I wouldn't even flinch. I'd almost prefer it. I'm not saying that others have that kind of lifestyle, but mine's unique to me personally. So I'm one of those people who could actually just look into the ground, stick my head in the sand and not see your you that you it's obviously you see around the corner. I obviously see around the corner. Uh, my post on Facebook clearly tells me that others are not seeing around the corner. And the question you pose is a real one. So what is the next step? What's about to happen? Uh, is there has there been a political well, delay? Well, so Commissioner Regalado, who represents Kiva Skane on the county commission, mm-hmm. she basically um, asked and the county commission agreed that prior to the RFP being issued, and there will be an RFP issued. Formal bidding process for those who don't know. Request for proposal, formal bidding process. And I assume, obviously, the Siskovitz group is going to bid, and I assume that others are going to bid. The scuttlebutt around the community is that at least one other project is out there. Um, Who knows if that's accurate or not accurate, but I understand that uh, one of the individuals involved in that project has been calling around, including calling around to keep us gain, elected and appointed officials. Okay. Okay, Lee, let's leave it there. Okay. So uh, they've, they're they like halfway done in their spiral notebook. <laughs> yeah. yeah so, so in other words, we were, uh, thus far, we were, we'll give the credit to Raquel. She was astute in protecting our interests thus far because we really... I will say this flat out, village council sleeping at the wheel once again, and our county commissioners saved our butts because that was that was a secret deal, sealed, was getting ready to be the only bidder, and thank well, God for... I, I don't know if the only bidder, but what, what Commissioner Regalado did is she basically said that prior to the RFP being issued, she wanted a public stakeholders meeting, including Key Biscayne and including the city of Miami Beach, because obviously for... The Venetian Miami yes. Beach is very important, and the city of Miami for Venetian as well. That's a sort of meeting that I think that we as Key Biscayners need to attend and voice our concerns. Okay? At these meetings? At these meetings. As residents? As residents. Because what Regalado <laughs> wants to do is help county staff and the, and the county professional staff that they are buying, the expertise that they're buying now, which yes. we could buy the same expertise that we wanted to. Okay, Let, let's let's be frank. Yes. Okay. Uh, to when they're going to put out the bid, at least to listen to the residents and to the municipalities that are affected as to what their concerns are and what they want out of it. Would that be a, a appropriate time for us to actually say we would like to replace you, you being the county, to consider a, what how, what will we do? We would. You know, I, I think that really has to be an intergovernmental discussion. I think so it, it's between elected and elected. I think it really has to be. So we could just that, cry out there and that say. The, that the village council needs to meet, needs to discuss this threat seriously, needs to assess it, needs to develop a strategy as to what is the role that Key Biscayne wants to play 
I would argue that we need to play a much more aggressive and mature role than simply a passive role. Okay? Absolutely. I would argue that. But obviously they are the electeds and they need to make that decision with the input of the residents of Key Biscayne. So we basically, going back to my original point, we need to put the money where our mouth is, basically, because we need to be prepared to buy the table. Can we get the village is the question. So I will encourage all of you who have listened to us live, I will have this conversation with Fausto compressed, uh, hopefully tomorrow on the website, so that you can share it. You'll notice that when it's on the site, there's different tabs, different ways that the file is compressed by email. You can share it on Facebook. You can share it on Twitter. Please, if one person heard us here today and shares it, then it multiplies. It's very important that people get involved. This is the reason why this station exists. WSQF Blink Radio. Is there any closing statement? You got nine more minutes. You, <laughs> I can always fill it with, you know, Crosby, Stills, and Nash. But I love to see around the corner. My, It's my nature to do so. I'm so happy that you see around the corner clearer than I do. Uh, you also have the patience and the wherewithal to understand politicians and how these literally are sea changes, you know. Just one person's opinion, like the Florida Department of Transportation official says, hey, man, this is a road to a state park, not a recreation facility. Uh, that holds more true than ever. And you can see how they kind of could care less. They turned into a recreational facility. Just that one rendering has got people saying, whoa, 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 it's not Disney World. You, just an immediate. And it's just a little, people are lazy and not reading, but they'll just see what Tony Winton posted on his link and say, wait a minute. You know, like you said, it's our driveway. Yeah. Let, let, let me repeat. I am not here to basically speak against the Soskovich plan or a P3 or privatization or not privatization. Okay. I think those are credible options that should be on the table and should be evaluated. I am here to argue that Key Biscayne needs to have a much more muscular presence than the presence that they're having today. That Key Biscayne has to be a lot more aggressive than it is today. That there is an opportunity for Key Biscayne to be central to this discussion, and it is not today. And I think that falls upon our mayor and our council members to assume that role. And I'm going to urge all residents of Key Biscayne who believe in that, that basically communicate with your elected officials, okay? Because it is an existential, I view this as an existential threat because Rickenbacker is our driveway to our homes. And with that, we'll call it an end to the show. This is yours truly, Mac on the Rock, WSQF 94.5 with Fausto Gomez, a fellow Key Biscayner. And of course, rock and roll never lets us down because... The next song is Journey's Wheel in the Sky. How about that? Take care, my friends, and thank you very much for listening.